Once You Know, You Know, a podcast for busy women to level up their health and fitness so that they can get off the diet merry-go-round for good. This is real lessons from real women and industry professionals on how you can improve your health and fitness habits and discover just how incredible your body is and is designed to feel. I'm Lindsay Parkinson and I'll be your host. Let's get stuck into the episode. Welcome back to Once You Know, You Know, and in today's episode, I'm going to be discussing calories. Now, before you get the ick and want to turn this one off, I used to be exactly like you, my friend. It wasn't all that long ago that I would see posts on Instagram, but in particular by this one person, and I would just be so annoyed. I would even whinge to my friends about her being like, why is she just posting how many calories in her meal and what the macronutrient breakdown was? And my friends, I was judging her because I had a negative experience with being on low calorie diets. Now, instead of finding out more information about what this girl was doing, I immediately judged what it was and perceived it to be wrong or incorrect. And I was just whinging and harping on about how low calorie isn't always everything. Now, had I have contacted her and found out what she was doing, I probably would have ended up with much more useful information rather than just jumping to a conclusion. But this is something that we often do when we don't understand something is that we rush to judge it and perceive it to be wrong. But what was actually happening is that that girl was training for a body sculpting or bodybuilding competition. And the meals that she was actually putting up, now that I know this because I have more information, were very, very macronutrient balanced. So what she was actually showing was how you can eat a large volume of food for not a huge amount of energy, but also fulfill your body's needs by hitting your three macronutrients, as well as getting a bunch of micronutrients and then achieving your body composition goal. Now, fast forward to what I do now and me, myself, I am the person posting those things, telling people or trying to educate people around why you don't need to be scared of calories, how they can be helpful and how they can actually help you build a healthy relationship with your body and food when you have the right information, which is exactly what I'm going to try and pass on to you in this podcast. I'm also going to explain to you why low calorie isn't always necessarily the best option. And you'll pick up little bits of information as we go along and it will make maybe and hopefully a whole lot more sense so that when you do see those posts that I put up on Instagram, you won't be thinking, gee, she's asking me just to go low calorie. Actually, maybe there are just some better options of how I can reach my body composition goals, but do it in a very healthy, sustainable way while I am fueling my body with the good stuff so that I am thriving. So back in the day when we were growing up, particularly a lot of the women that I work with, we all grew up in the late 90s, early noughties. Now, low calorie was a thing that was heavily promoted to us. And we were told a lot of the people who we thought had ideal body types were um, on these like low calorie diets. And because it was like, you know, the belly bearing era, we're talking Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Jennifer Aniston, you know, and they had these like trim toned, like taut bodies. And we would buy magazines and these magazines would show us, oh, Jennifer Aniston's on 1200 calories a day. And I'd be like, I'd literally buy the magazine for that information. But what that was, was, you know, the... I want to say olden day version of clickbait because what they were getting us to do was to buy the magazines so they could sell us the enormous amount of products advertised in them. They never really gave us the context of how to make up a 1200 calorie a day diet. They might show us like one day's worth of food that we would just have to repeat over and over and over again. But what they weren't really explaining to us is that someone like Jennifer Aniston probably had a very well-qualified personal trainer, a chef, and probably somebody who could oversee her total nutrition to make sure that she ended up with a body like that. She also probably had really great genetics. But when you are in that diet culture era and you are desperate to emulate these people, you will probably do anything to try and replicate what they're doing. Because I mean, she looked great, right? So she's on 1200 calories a day. I should be on 1200 calories a day. However, she probably has a very macronutrient balanced version and I am just plucking things out and counting up the calories 
and hoping for dear life that I end up with the same result. I can tell you, my friend, I didn't. I had a very strained relationship with food and my body, and I definitely had no concept of what a macronutrient was. All I was concerned about was making sure that I stayed low calorie. Low calorie was definitely promoted to us at that particular time. It was also around the time of low fat. Now, these kind of things go hand in hand because what food manufacturers were doing back then is they were removing the fat from products so that the calorie content would be lower and then maybe replacing it with things like additives or thickness to still give it that very, very palatable taste. Now, this was useful for them in a number of ways. One, they could advertise that it was lower calorie. So great, we're probably going to pick that up. But when you remove the fat from something, often it can become like sort of less palatable and less satiating. So to counteract that, they would then add in these additives to make it more palatable. But because it was less satiating, but delicious, we would potentially buy more of it and eat more of it, which means the food company make more money. Now, to break down why this happened, I'm going to go into like what a calorie actually is. So a calorie is a unit of measurement used to quantify the amount of energy contained in foods and drinks. So it represents the energy needed to raise the temperature of one gram of water by one degree Celsius. Confused, I know that sounds very, very sciencey. But in the context of nutrition, calories are used to express the energy content of our macronutrients, which are carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. So when you turn over a packaged item that you might buy from the supermarket and it gives you a breakdown at the top in Australia, we tend to use kilojoules a little bit more frequently than calories. And that's just because we use a metric system, but a calorie and a kilojoule represent the same thing. It is the energy content of the macronutrients within the food. So underneath that, you'll see that there'll be a breakdown of like your carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. That's all really, really helpful because understanding how your macronutrients can contribute to your overall health and then how they make up calories can actually influence your food choices to be a little bit more positive. So here's a bit of a breakdown. Carbohydrates, they on average have about four calories per gram. Protein is the same, four calories per gram, but fats, a little bit more energy dense and they have nine calories per gram. Hence the reason that food companies may want to remove the fats to bring the calorie content down because fat was associated with storing excess energy. However, What they don't necessarily tell us is that having a good ratio of fats can actually help with our hormone production, cell structure, and nutrient absorption. So when we're talking about making macro-balanced meals, sometimes having a combination of these three macronutrients, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, can actually help the way that the body absorbs and digests the food, how quickly it digests the food. And also having different micronutrient profiles, those vitamins and minerals can actually facilitate different processes within the body because everything is sort of interconnected. I talked about it last week in the podcast, how we're all like giant big clocks and turning one cog sort of turns another. Now getting in a balance of your macronutrients as well as lots of your micronutrients just helps all the different cogs turn properly so that we function optimally. But when we're looking at calories as just calories, like, oh, I just need to stay under 1200 100 calories. Yeah, for sure. If you decide to make your 1200 calories just consist of like, I don't know, a McDonald's meal and I don't know, a bowl of wheat bix and I don't know, a really small serve of pasta, for example. Yeah, sure. If you do that for long enough and you're in a calorie deficit, potentially you could get weight loss or fat loss. You know, it depends on whether or not you're doing any kind of strength training. And this is where it bothers me when I see things on social media that don't give you context and they're just showing you like, yes, you can eat these Tim Tams and these Power Pops and all this kind of stuff in a meal plan, but it doesn't actually explain to you that that you may not be filling your macro, fulfilling your macro and micronutrient needs. Now, when you don't do this for long periods of time, it can actually lead to like 
nutrient deficiencies. It might not mean that your body is operating optimally. Girls that go on particularly low calorie diets where they're not getting enough fats, they're not getting enough carbohydrates or proteins, sometimes they can lose their period or their hair doesn't grow, their nails are really brittle, things start happening in their skin. Now, when I was just following a very low calorie diet and running excessively because I just had to be thin, I just had to weigh that certain stupid magic number, which meant nothing when I got there. When I did that, I was really, really tired. I had really dark circles under my eyes. I bruised really easily. I would fall asleep at my desk. I still remember this one day where the big boss, she was like a company director. She came up and tapped me on the shoulder because I had my head in my hands and I was sleeping. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon. She's like, are you okay? And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was okay, but I definitely hadn't had enough food for the day. And I had forced myself at lunchtime to go for this five kilometer run. I remember it was a really, really hot day. And I had no idea why I felt so tired. Absolutely no idea at all. I was also very anemic at the time. I didn't realize that I needed iron. I was just like, well, food is just calories. I just need to eat as low a calorie as possible to get the outcome that I wanted. But it was a detriment to both my mental and physical health. And I see so many girls with this same mentality, which is why I want to provide as much information as possible around this kind of stuff so that you can make better choices for your mental and your physical health. Because when you hear the phrase, a calorie is a calorie, it sort of just like refers to the idea that purely from an energy perspective, all calories are equivalent in terms of their impact on weight gain or weight loss. Now, in theory, this might sound fine, you know, when people say, oh, it's just calories in versus calories out. But when you break it down, there's a very, very big difference between the quality of the nutrients that you're getting. See, if you're getting a, say, 130 calories of energy from a chocolate bar, or you're getting it from a piece of fruit, they're going to do very different things within the body. Yes, calorie for calorie, they're the same. However, one is going to provide you with a lot of vitamins, minerals, and fiber, all really, really good things for the functioning of your body. One is probably just going to give you a little spike in energy. It might make you feel really good. It might taste really good, but not too long after, maybe you don't feel that great. But if you're thinking, well, I just got to stay within that calorie deficit and I'll be fine. Then over the course of a long period of time of potentially eating like that, you, like I said, you may end up with those nutrient deficiencies. You may have different things showing up in the body that just aren't operating optimally. And this is what does drive me mad when I see some meal plans. And I think, where are the vegetables? Where are they? Where are you getting your wonderful vitamins and minerals from when you're, somebody is just eating a plethora of processed food? But don't worry, you're in your calorie deficit. Drives me mad. I strive to make sure that each and every client that I work with has enough information so that they can make positive food choices for them. They understand why they're choosing food and it doesn't necessarily have to do with the fact that it is low calorie because low calorie doesn't always equal best. I'm going to touch on that in a sec. So when it comes to the knowledge that we have, we need to acknowledge that not all calories are created equal when it comes to nutrition and health. So nutrient density is really, really important. Foods vary in their nutrient content. Some foods provide essential vitamins, minerals, and fiber and other beneficial compounds along with, you know, calories contributing to your overall health, you know, making all the cogs in the clock turn really, really well. Others may be higher in calories, but have fewer essential nutrients. So say, for example, there's going to be a difference between having a McDonald's chicken burger to making a chicken burger at home with ingredients that you've cut yourself and having it on two pieces of sourdough. Even if you manage to get, say, the calorie equivalent the same, probably the burger that you have yourself is going to be more macronutrient balanced, i.e. it's probably going to be lower in saturated fats, higher in protein, and contain more of your micronutrients than the processed version that you're getting from McDonald's. But if someone is looking at things just purely from that calorie perspective, they'll be like, it doesn't matter. The McDonald's one is convenient and it fits within my calories. But that doesn't necessarily 
necessarily make it the better choice. Now, not only can your the nutrient quality affect your overall diet, it can also have a big effect on your satiety and hunger. Different macronutrients have varying effects on our feelings of satiety or hunger. For example, protein tends to be a little bit more satisfying than say carbohydrates or fats which can sometimes influence your overall calorie consumption. But when you get your macronutrient balance really split, you can actually stay full for a really, really long period of time. For example, the McDonald's chicken burger might keep you full for a certain period of time, but the chicken burger that you made at home that has all these other vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and like a a nice balance to it might keep you fuller for way longer, leading to less calories consumed overall. Sometimes when people have something like that chicken burger, they've got the, the palatability and the taste, right? Like this combination of sugars, fats, and salts, then it makes you want to eat more of that type of food. So you may be more likely to order chips with it. Whereas if you sat down at home and you had your like really fully loaded like chicken, like sandwich burger that you'd made yourself, you might be just completely satisfied with that and then not feel like you need anything else because you're quite full, right? You're you're satisfied. So we need to take these things into consideration. We also need to understand that there's a metabolic effect of the food that we have. The body expends different amounts of energy digesting and metabolizing different macronutrients. This is what we call the thermic effect of food. Protein, for example, has a higher thermic effect of food compared to carbohydrates and fats. Now that it comes down to the different structures of the molecules of these foods. So you might have heard, oh, protein keeps you fuller for longer. Protein does a whole lot of other stuff, but In terms of like fat loss, a lot of the times we're told to make sure we eat enough protein because it's going to keep you full for a really long period of time. Now, that is definitely true because it just takes the body a little bit longer to break down. But because of this and because of the structure of it, we actually use more energy breaking down protein. That's why when I am working out the macronutrient split for my clients, I always make sure that they are getting in a certain amount of protein, particularly because it will help facilitate muscle growth. And a lot of my clients do do my training programs or they are currently training some else. And I want to make sure that we facilitate muscle growth because the more muscle mass that we have, the more energy we burn at rest generally means the more fuel that we require and people really enjoy eating. So it's not necessarily about eating low volumes of food like I would have thought all those years ago. Now, contrary to what most people might think when they're seeing some of the content that I have on social media, my clients do not count calories. They do not. I use a very different method for them. One being that potentially like myself and others that I know that grew up in that same era is that we can be a little bit triggered by calories if we've had a bad experience with them. So my idea is to teach them a about the different macronutrients in food and then give them a specific guideline to follow that meets their energy requirements, like what they need based on how much they're moving and what they function off better. Because people have different, when we're talking about a macronutrient split, some people thrive better off having a higher carbohydrate diet. Some people thrive better off having a higher fat diet. And it also then also extends to what is culturally important to them. So for example, if you, from a beautiful Italian family and you, your nonna loves to cook pizza and pasta for you and you follow a low carbohydrate meal plan, nonna is going to wonder what on earth is going on with her cooking if you're going over there being like, can't eat the pasta, nonna, can't eat the pizza or can't eat that beautiful meal that you prepare, like the cannelloni or I can't have any of these desserts have all got too many carbohydrates. That's going to take away from your experience with your family, something that might, nec- like, might be really quite important to you. 
it's also not going to fill up your emotional and social health caps. And I believe in making sure that we create a holistic health approach, making sure that we find a balance between not only getting your body composition goals, but also making sure that it feels sustainable for the long term. You know, I've worked with people from many different cultures and I can't imagine, you know, telling people that maybe their culturally their diet is rich in say like rice or beans or something like that saying, oh, sorry, we've got to watch carbohydrate content. You can't do that. It doesn't work long-term and it doesn't fulfill people. So we need to think about those things. It's not just all about the calories. We also need to think about the impact of, you know, the types of food that we're eating that they have on our health. So weight management is influenced by energy balance. Overall health is influenced by the quality of the foods that you are eating. So the nutrient-rich foods contribute to optimal health, supporting functions like your immune system, your hormonal balance, and cellular repair. Like I was talking about, if you just think that you need to be low calorie, low fat, and you're not eating enough energy for your body, certain functions just won't happen within your body. It's really, really common for particularly young girls when they are becoming body conscious, they reduce their calorie intake so much and they want to get down to a really, really low body fat percentage. It's really common, especially if they're over-exercising for them to lose their periods. Now, at the time, they might not understand that that is a very, very big health indicator that something is not right. And they'll just ignore it because their main focus and priority is about their body image. So we really want to stop people thinking that it's all just about the calories. They can be really, really useful and important though, because as you can see, when you get the balance right, you're able then to use calories based on what you're seeing on the back packets and things to work out how you can fit in some of the foods that you really enjoy that might be like a little bit of sometimes food, or you understand what your portion sizes should be for particular foods that you're eating. So let's just, before we touch on why you don't want to go only low calorie foods, let's talk about what happens when you consume too few calories. So your body can experience a range of like really negative effects due to insufficient energy. So this is the kind of thing that was happening to me where like my hair wouldn't grow my skin was all going all funny and I was getting really really tired and this is what happens if you are in too strong of a calorie deficit for too long now if you do this what can happen is a nutrient deficiency so if you aren't sure how to get in the right amount of macro or micronutrients and you're not getting in your vitamins and minerals, you uh, may impair your immune system function, your bone health, and you may just end up just feeling overall really, really lethargic, not feeling like you have the energy to, to get out of bed. You can also end up with some muscle loss. So when you are simply weighing yourself, and I just spoke about this in another podcast, if you're only using the scales as your measure of your progress and you see the scales going down, you don't don't necessarily know if that's fat loss or that's muscle loss. Now, if you're not eating enough energy, in particular, if you're not eating enough protein, sometimes that can be a detriment to the muscle mass that you have on your body and your body may turn to your muscles to use them as fuel. So while you may see that number on the scale going down, it might not necessarily be body fat. It might could be muscle mass. Now, as you know, from what we're talking about before, if we have a decreased muscle mass, we don't require as much energy at rest. So it's kind of the opposite effect of what we want to do. So prolonged low calorie intake can trigger trigger metabolic adaptation where the body just adjusts energy expenditure to conserve energy. Hence the reason that you get more tired. Okay. So your body is trying to conserve energy. You tend to fidget less. We tend to have less energy to move more. You don't work out at the same intensity because your body just simply does not have the fuel. Now, another thing that can happen is you've got the hormonal imbalances that we were talking about. And this can disrupt the hormones related to metabolism, reproductive health, and also your stress response. So we don't want 
any of these things. It also is really hard for your body to protect yourself against viruses if you do not consume enough energy. Okay, so you can have impaired immune function, which can leave you more susceptible to illnesses. And that's not a fun time for anyone. No one wants to be the person that gets a lot of illnesses. So we want to make sure that when we're choosing fuel for the body, that we are doing it in an appropriate way that is going to help you thrive. Now, this is why I use a whole food method with my clients is because I don't want them just to eat for fat loss. I want them to eat so that they feel the best they ever have while eating large volumes of food, while eating flexibly so that they understand that, hey, my friend has just called around and she's brought, you know, this for lunch. I know how to factor that in and still meet my body composition goals because that's really important. Life is going to happen. It's very, very difficult to just follow a meal plan 24-7. This is why I like to teach my clients rather than tell them what to do because once they know the information, they know it. Just like what you're learning here, once you know this, it's going to be much easier to understand, okay, well, if I'm feeling particularly hungry and I'm at the shops, I don't necessarily need to go into the supermarket and get, you know, or the low calorie bag of popcorn maybe I'll just get a piece of fruit because that's probably going to have more vitamins, minerals, nutrients. It's going to leave me a little bit more satisfied and I'm probably less likely to overeat. So when we have some low calorie foods, say whether they be like rice cakes or popcorn or something like that, and they're promoted to us that they are low calorie per serve. We see them all throughout the supermarket aisles. Now, if you get a bag of popcorn, it isn't always likely that you're going to stop at that single serve. You may end up eating half the bag, but think you've still only consumed 98 calories. But before you know it, you've actually had 300 calories, which is the equivalent to a McDonald's cheeseburger, which you wouldn't necessarily think about snacking on in the afternoon. You'd be like, absolutely not, because we register and understand that that is probably a little bit of a sometimes food and maybe more dense than what we actually require. But I'm always trying to teach my clients different ways to make things a little bit more manageable and the whys behind different things. So often when somebody first starts with me, I will see a range of low calorie items and I'll be like, okay, why do you have that? And they will be like, well, you know, because I really feel like chocolate and I only want to have, you know, a small amount of calories. And sometimes these chocolates, they definitely have high amounts of like your artificial sweeteners and your sugar alcohols. If you have too many of them, they can form a laxative effect. I found that out the hard way. My goodness, I don't know whether I've told you guys on this podcast before, but when I was on one of my like low calorie situations, I ate uh, the no shoe chocolate. And um, yeah, well, I didn't just, I thought, well, it's low calorie. <laughs> I just ate the whole bag. I was in so much pain after that. It was a wild time. Also, some of your low calorie foods, they aren't very rich in fiber, right? Fiber is really, really good for keeping us regular. Okay. So there are two different types of fiber. You've got your soluble fiber and your insoluble fiber, and both of them are really beneficial for our gut health. So if we are eating low calorie, like low quality foods, and you're not going to the toilet very regularly, sometimes it can be due to a low fiber intake. Now, if this is you, please seek professional medical advice. Don't just necessarily jump into eating large volumes of your fruits and vegetables, because if it's not something you've done for a while, you just don't want it to be a detriment to your health. Everybody's got individual circumstances they need to work with. So it's always good to get professional advice that is applicable to your own personal situation. So my friend, when you are looking at your foods and your calories, hopefully now you'll have a really good understanding of one, what makes up a calorie, why we want to get a good balance of your macro and micronutrients to make sure that we stay satisfied, that we're getting a variety of different foods into the body so that we operate optimally. And it's not just all about eating those low calorie options because they aren't necessarily going to be good for your health long term. Absolutely. Some of my clients do have low calorie food options. One, they 
might enjoy them. And I'm absolutely okay with that as long as they understand that how to balance that into their diet. And also they're not just choosing that option because they think it's a better option because it's low calorie, because sometimes those foods just don't lead you to feeling satisfied and maybe even lead you to overeat later on. So if you enjoyed this one and you found it helpful, please do let me know because I love helping you guys out and giving you a good understanding of how it can help you on your health journey. So leave me a comment. And if you could pretty please, I don't really ever ask much, but if you could rate this podcast, it certainly helps me out and also helps other women find the information that they need to start their health journey without the life of restriction or counting calories or overtraining and under eating. Thanks so much, team. I look forward to bringing you more info next week and I'll see you when I'm looking at you.